And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live here on this Wednesday. It is hump day. Hope everybody is enjoying their hump day. Uh, We've got a wonderful show planned. We'll be live until 1 o'clock. And we've got um, a lot of different things to cover during the course of the show. A little later, we'll get to our mailbag. Uh, We'll get some questions answered that you guys have been asking me throughout the course of the last week or so. Uh, Always look forward to that. At noon, we have... South LaFouche boys basketball coach Brody Williams, who will be joining us. Remember, we shift from football, where BJ would join us at 12 on Wednesdays, to now we'll get Brody on the line and we'll chat with him. We're going to still talk to BJ from time to time throughout the offseason, uh, but Brody will kind of be taking that regular Wednesday at noon spot. Then at 12.15, we've got Taylor Griffin, um, who will be joining us. We'll be talking with the Turtle about some things happening in the world of sports. And also, some things happening in the world of wrestling. Because this past weekend, CM Punk made his return to WWE, which was a very exciting moment for a lot of wrestling fans. We will talk about that with Taylor, most certainly. Um, As we said, mailbag at the bottom of the show. But we lead off the show talking about prep basketball. Um, A lot of girls' basketball games on the schedule last night. The boys were a little bit more scattered Um, but a lot of girls basketball on the scoreboard. So we lead off with the girls scoreboard from last night. Parkview Baptist goes into Matthews and gets a 59 to 35 win over Central Lafouche. It's been a rough start to the year for Central Lafouche. They get a win in the opener against CCA and have been mostly non-competitive since then. They've lost uh, three in a row. I saw coach Tora Danos and look, I don't want to paraphrase. I'm going to read exactly what she said on social media. Uh, after the game, she was expressing some frustration, not anything bad, um, just was kind of venting about the way her team played. Tora said on social media, uh, layups, free throws, and turnovers. You know those types of games. That'll do it. Yeah, layups, free throws, and turnovers and uh, were the, the big trigger there. Parkview gets a 59-35 win over Central Lafouche. Destrahan goes on the road, takes on Vanderbilt Catholic. Vanderbilt Catholic does what Vanderbilt Catholic does. They tear down another opponent, 58-38. to 38. Uh, They get a win over Destrahan. It's a very good Destrahan team. Uh, you, you know that Vanderbilt is really strong whenever I could sit here and say, well, they stayed within 20 points of Vanderbilt, so that, that's not a terrible result. So Vanderbilt does what they do. They get another big win, play good defense, um, get offense whenever they need it. Good win for Vanderbilt. Hanville. Gets a 46 to 28 win over Isidore Newman. So a good victory for Hanville over Newman in some non-district action. Terrebonne falls at home to Ben Franklin, 32 to 27. It's been a rough start to the year for Terrebonne and Coach Cassidy Barrios' first season with the team. It has not been a rough start to the year for Thibodeau on the girls' basketball side. They remain undefeated. They get a 52-11 to win over Ellen there last night. Coach Ashley Barba and her team stay undefeated. They're about to head into a weekend tournament where they're going to get tested, right? So Thibodeau's going to find out what they're made of this coming weekend. But they already have a win over like LaGrange, who's usually a really strong program. So Thibodeau, I think, is just going to be one of the teams, right? I think locally they're going to be one of the teams that's going to be strong. They made it to the second round of the playoffs last year, brought most of those players back. So they are off to a predictable, very strong start to the year. Lutcher gets a 53-11 win over Kenner Discovery Health Science. So a 42-point win for the Lutcher Bulldogs yesterday. That's a good uh, sign for the rest of our local teams. You get a power point now whenever you play Lutcher later on in the year. Morgan City at home falls to Lake Charles College Prep 
61 to 52. The the Tigers fought hard but fall in a kind of a high scoring game. South Lafouche was supposed to play Bonneville. Um, that game is just listed as postponed on the LHSA website. Darian uh, Jenkins told me it was going to be a forfeiture, but it's not listed as a 2 nothing win. Maybe they're still discussing. Maybe they are kind of having some of those internal conversations like you mentioned yesterday, which maybe let's just go ahead and just cancel this because Bonneville doesn't have any wins on the season. And if you end up beating a zero-win team, you're probably better off just counting it as a no contest. So it's listed as postponed right now. There's no postponed. They're not going to play the game. They're deciding right now, will it be canceled or will it be a forfeit? And why wouldn't they try to play it later in the season? You got a lot of playing dates. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe maybe they are going to maybe try to, to reschedule and play later in the year. And you know what? Um, we could talk to Darian about that later in the week. We'll try to have her on. South Terrebonne. Boy, how about this? South Terrebonne has not won very many girls basketball games last year, but last night they won 65-8 to against Hanson Memorial. Big time win at home for the Lady Gators who get a victory over Hanson Memorial. We go to 3A. E.D. White stays unbeaten. E.D. White is one of the most improved teams in our area. Uh, Caroline Adams scored a bunch of bunch of points. I actually saw her at the Nichols State University game last night. So all she did was score like 24 points against St. John and then go across the street and watch her future team, the Colonels, play. They get a 48-14 win over St. John. Donaldsonville falls 57-17 against White Castle. So in that district, Donaldsonville takes an L last night. Uh, Patterson and West St. Mary, no score reported. St. James gets a 48-5 win over Collegiate of Baton Rouge. So St. James gets a nice win there. In 2A, there were no local scores. In single A, we had Covenant Christian, who got a 41-7 win over West St. John. Man, a lot of our local teams on the girls' side yesterday, not just won, but beat the snot out of who they were playing. So a good night for local basketball, a lot of blowouts and a lot of good wins for the local teams. Now we shift gear with the boys. The schedule was a little lighter but there were some results that we could tell you about. Uh, beginning with, we go into 5A, and Rummel gets a 40, or excuse me, a 65 to 41 win over South Terrebonne. So Rummel defends their home floor and beats South Terrebonne last night. The game of the night last night on the boys' side, and boy, we could pat ourselves on the back for this because we kind of told you guys that this one would be a really good one. Central Lafouche gets a double overtime win over Chalmette last night. 62 to 52. Evan Griffin is making his early season case for being the Bayou Region MVP. He scored 37 points against Southside at the end of the Thanksgiving tournament. He followed that up last night, scoring 39 points for Central Lafouche in their 62 to 52 win over Chalmette. Hard fought game. The Trojans lost so many close games last year. To go on the road in a tough environment and win a double overtime game, that's a huge win for Gage Griffin and his team. He was super jacked up, and as well he should be. That was a big win for the Trojans yesterday. Yep, seniors are stepping up. We talked about this for a couple of years now. That the uh, young core group they had at Central, now they are seniors. And to win a double overtime game on the road, that's some uh, senior leadership. Yep, no doubt. Blaze just clear pitched in 10 last night, so the Trojans got a little bit of scoring elsewhere, and they find a way to get a win. A lot of folks in our local 5A district are always wondering, how good is the river going to be? How good is Hanville, Destrand, and East St. John going to be? Well, spoiler alert, Hanville is going to be really good because they beat Jesuit on the road last night, 57-54. to 
Your last couple of years at South Lafouche, you would face Jesuit just about every season. That's a very well-disciplined team, a very physical team. For Hondo to go into their gym and get a 57-54 win, probably a sign that the Tigers are going to be an awfully tough out in our local 5A district. Yep, no doubt. Uh, it's tough to win at Jesuit. They have a really well-coached uh, basketball team. They do a lot of things right, and in their gym – it, it makes it a little bit harder, but it's a, yeah, it's a big win for Hornville to go over there and get the win, and uh, Jesuit is still going to be around yes. at the end of yes. this season. Bruley rolls past Morgan City 74-49 to last night. Bruley gets a win over Morgan City. We told you about South Terrebonne struggling against Rumble. We go down to 3A, and we got Donaldsonville, who gets a 59-47 to win over White Castle. That is in E.D. White, district opponent. Uh, let's see. We also in 2A. Nope. I thought Homer Christian played, but they didn't. Um, and then single A, we've got CCA. Boy, CCA gets the sweep last night over West St. John. The girls got a big win. The boys got a 53-44 to win over West St. John. So good on Covenant Christian Academy for taking care of business and getting a couple of wins on both basketball sides. Now, a lot of local teams are heading towards the weekend where they're going to be going to the – a lot of them are going to be going to the Vanderbilt Tournament. Coach Leon Veal posted the schedule last night. On Thursday, tomorrow, you got Homa Christian versus Berwick at 4 o'clock. You got South of Oost versus Catholic and New Iberia at 5.30. You got Thibodeau versus Terrebonne at 7. And then South Terrebonne versus Vanderbilt at 8.30. Boy, it's going to be a late night if those games run behind. We'll be starting a game yeah, at 9 can, o'clock. Can you send me that? Yeah, sure. I, I definitely could do that. Um, then Friday – we got Catholic of New Iberia taking on Homa Christian at 4. South Terrebonne taking on Berwick at 5.30. South Lafouche taking on Thibodeau at 7. And then Terrebonne and Vanderbilt at 8.30. That'll be a good one. The Saturday schedule starts a little earlier and is a little lighter. At 2 o'clock, you got South Lafouche taking on South Terrebonne. At 3.30, Terrebonne taking on Catholic of New Iberia. And the night cap will be at 5 o'clock. Thibodeau taking on Vanderbilt. That's the Jack Becker Classic over at Vanderbilt Catholic. We look forward to that. Should be three good days of basketball. I know I'm going to be there. It sounds like my partner's interested in catching some games as well, so we're going to be um, enjoying ourselves over at Vanderbilt. Something tells me there's going to probably be some hospitality involved. Something tells me there's going to be some really good basketball involved at the Jack Becker Classic. Some big games for our local teams. They're trying to get some uh, some early season power points, my man. Yeah, look, it seems like it's a, a slow week in, in local basketball. Not uh, area teams around. There's doesn't seem that many games. I guess they all gearing up for the uh, uh, big tournament weekend coming up this weekend. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to see uh, at least one or two days uh, in the, at Vanderbilt tournament. And um, I think the next week it might start picking up a little bit more and more. But uh, you can probably find a game every night of, week, of the week. Yep, no doubt. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the high school football playoffs, right? I mean, it's still – uh, even though there's not a whole lot of local flavor, there's still some big-time matchups. And Brian and I will talk about some of the semifinal games that we're looking forward to the most. It's play-by-play. Uh, high school football next segment. Then we got Brody Williams at noon. Then we got Taylor Griffin after that. Then we got our mailbag. That's kind of the layout of our Wednesday show. We'll be right back after this on KLEB.
Set yourself up for success when planning your next event, whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras, rodeo, or outdoor music venue. Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three and two stall restrooms, air conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere. Call 24 7. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at dufresnelumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. I mentioned in the last segment that we're super excited to go watch some boys basketball over at Vanderbilt. There's also going to be a middle school basketball tournament over at Thibodeau Middle. I'm going to try to get that schedule ironed out, and uh, I'll read that on the air tomorrow. Um, was it sounds like all of the local teams are going to be there. Um, before we dive into the high school part, I didn't really talk much about middle school yesterday. I had a chance to watch Thibodeau Middle and Homa Junior High on Monday. Um, for fans in the Terrebonne Parish area, um, be excited because Homa Junior High is really, really good on the girls. One of the best girls middle school teams that I've ever seen. And on the boys, they ain't too shabby either. They go on the road and get a sweep. And, dude, you haven't had a chance, I don't think at least, to go to Thibodeau Middle School's new campus. Their gym is very, very nice. It is a huge gym, like a high school-sized gym. Only bleachers on one side, but they go up very, very high. Nice court. Um, boy, uh, when Mr. Martin and the crew put that thing together, they designed it right. Thibodeau Middle School is a gym that they could be proud of. A very, very, very nice facility. Yeah, and, and look, um, if I was uh, <clears throat> coaching some basketball at Nickel State, uh, your summer camps over the summer. Oh yes, you, you use you know your gym. You got area gyms around. That's a gym, big gym. That's because uh, I know years back uh, they would use Ed White's gym and different gyms around. And I just first thing I thought of a big gym like that. You can have a. Uh, team camps and have, you know, more than one gym to host a lot of schools. That could be a, 
something that they need to look into. Could be a big advantage, no doubt. I had the blessing to call Nichols last night on ESPN+. Plus. They took on Diller, got a 68-36 to win for the women. The men got beat up by Baylor, no surprise there. Uh, Shout-out to Trey Bruce. I was mentioning this before we got on the air. Trey played 25 minutes last night, a team-high 25 minutes, had eight points, two assists. She was 2-4 of four from the three-point line. Starting to find her groove a little bit. It was a slow start to the year for Trey. Learning a new coach. And look, let's be honest, we know some of the backstory. She had a really rough offseason personally as well. Some things that she had to deal with. But she looks to be rounding into form for a Colonel team. That How about this? As we sit here, it's November the 28th. Um, and Nichols has already matched last season's win total of five. So Coach Justin Payne in a couple of weeks has already got there. So that's a, a wonderful job there. Yeah, I was checking something on my phone. Going to look at it a little bit later, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was just saying, you know, the Colonels are 5-3 yeah. and three playing good at a high level. Yeah, and you're right. Trey went through some things, and, look, she's going to settle in. Uh, Coach Payne's going to feel out, you know, his players of when they can play certain people, and Trey is going to find herself in that rotation. There's uh, no doubt. More and more as the season goes on. Well, she's shooting 50% from three for the year. <laughs> that, that, that'll, that'll get you on the court. That usually finds a way to, to take care of itself. Now, we promised you some football talk, so we'll get into that. There are so many really good semifinal matchups, man. Like in Division One non-select, Rustin, the number one seed, taking on Mandeville, who it's easy for me to say that Mandeville's a Cinderella story, but I'm kind of lying when I say that. I mean, this is a team that beat Hanville 31-5, to beat Denham Springs. Like They got a bunch of really good wins. They're taking on Rust, and that'll be exciting. Then at the bottom end, Zachary has all the star power, and they've got the pedigree, and Coach Brewerton does a great job there. Don't necessarily agree with how they get some of their players sometimes, but it doesn't take away from the fact that Coach Brewerton does a great job. And they're taking on a Dutchtown team that, Brian, when we saw them play South Lafouche, they were kind of sloppy, committing a bunch of penalties and different things. They have unleashed on offense their Hanbury kid, who in the last two games has been incredible for them on that side of the ball. We didn't see a whole lot of him against the Tarpons. So we've got a Dutchtown team that we've seen versus a Zachary team that we've seen some clips of with a big five-star tight end. They're throwing it up. That's going to be a very fun and very entertaining game. It will be over at Broncos uh, Stadium out at Zachary. That should be a very fun game, six versus seven. Yeah, I give uh, I give the nod to Zachary on this one. I just uh, Dutchtown, like you mentioned, really didn't have a great showing against the Tarpons. Too many penalties. They corrected that and beat a really good Chalmette team pretty badly the next weekend. And, uh, you know, Central Baton Rouge team the following weekend to beat by one. Think what stopped a two point conversion to uh to see what a win, but I just think Zachary's uh a little bit too much for them. In Division Two non select, we're rooting for Cecilia. They're taking on Northwest. Northwest has won three straight road games. I watched their game with Assumption. Their lineup, punch in the mouth, smash mouth, run a lot of Wildcat. They bring in some offensive linemen to be in the backfield with the running back when they're running their Wildcat. So it'll be tough for Cecilia to slow down, but I know that Cecilia has an offense that's ridiculous, man. Diesel Solari and the Williams kid at running back. So I would favor Cecilia there. On the other side, though, North DeSoto is really good. They're the number one seed for a reason. If you look at their schedule, they are, you know, they've been rolling all year long. They only have one loss to airline in week one, uh, but they have some very quality wins. But I remember last week we had Dwayne Jenkins of Lutcher on. 
And he pretty much was saying, without directly saying, hey, we're the four seed, they're the 12 seed, they're better than us. You know, He came on and he said, hey, they got nine or ten signees. And he was kind of hinting that they were a little bit of an underdog there. Don't be surprised if Opelousas goes on the road and challenges the hell out of the number one seed on Friday because they have more talent than what their seed would indicate. That would be a, a big upset, I, I think. Well, uh, I know Opelousas – uh, playing some good football, but to knock off the number one team at their own place, and um, be some good work. I'm sure Dennis Skeens would be um, a little happy. You much rather? Well, they played Opelousas earlier this year and beat them by three. Yeah. So that if that is the rematch, that would be a one heck of a football game. St. James is alive. They're taking on Sterlington. Sterlington is the number two seed. They have lost one game this season, a 14 to three game against West Monroe. But St. James, man, this is one of those teams. They get into the playoffs every year, and they just figure some stuff out. They they beat North Webster forty-two to twelve. Beat Man A forty to nothing. They're on the road, making a long road trip. But don't be surprised if the Wildcats are the team that ends up punching that ticket to the dome. Yeah, the only thing that long road trip, it's it's kind of tough. But I mean, St. James is used to that. It's nothing new to them. Division four non-select. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know a whole lot about much of these teams. Logansport is the number one seed, taking on Haynesville, the number four seed. I do know this: Kentwood's the number two seed. They always find a way into the dome. They've been rolling in the playoffs. They're taking on Oak Grove on Friday. Kentwood's just got one of those programs, man. Every year they have athletes. They find themselves in the dome more often than not. Wouldn't be surprised to see them do that again this year. Yeah, one, two, three, four. One of those brackets. One, two, three, four. Division one select has been a very entertaining bracket to follow. Acadiana gets an upset win over Holy Cross to move to the semifinals. Now they'll take on Ed in the car. Look, Alexandria challenged the hell out of Ed in the car on Friday. 40-34, to 34, Alexandria went on the road and gave them everything they could handle. The thing now about Acadiana is they run that option stuff, right? Or They're just lining up. They're running the option, but a lot of teams run the option to try to get three- and four-yard plays, control the clock. They run the option to try to get 50 and 60 yard plays. They are very explosive, and I'll be curious to see how Carr handles that. It'll be at home, um, and then the Carr usually has a great home field advantage, but that's going to be a fun matchup there between two teams that historically would be playing one another in the dome. That's uh, that's going to be probably the, I think the game of the week in in the, in the playoffs. Uh, Acadiana. Look, last week they beat the number one team, Holy Cross. Holy Cross is, was uh, and still they're a very good football team. And to go into Holy Cross and beat them, and the cars, they had the car, athletes all over the place. That's going to be one heck of a game. But you look at the bottom, can Rummel keep doing it in the playoffs? Rummel entered the postseason four and six. Now, for those who follow that program, they would be the first ones to tell you they had a bunch of injuries, a bunch of guys out, and they were at the back end of the season just understanding, like, hey, we're going to make it to the playoffs. We just want to get in, so let's let's get healthy. All they've done once they've gotten in is beaten Northwood of Shreveport on the road, beat Captain Shreve, the two-seat on the road, then beat St. Paul's, the number seven seat on the road. They're going on the road again, taking on Catholic of Baton Rouge, but it's a Rumble team, bro, that when they're healthy – they could do the things like they've done the last couple of weeks. And then, oh, yeah, during the season, they beat John Curtis and they beat St. Aug. And, like, when they're whole, they're right. If Catholics thinking, oh, we got an 18 seed, this is going to be a, a waltz into the dome, think again. That, the Rumble's going to put up a fight. That's all they've been doing the whole postseason so far. Yeah. 
looking forward to that bracket, see how that's going to play out. St. Thomas Moore in Division II Select, probably a favorite over Shaw, but Shaw has done a wonderful job this season of getting that thing back where it needs to go. The interesting game for me is at the bottom. You got number seven, Turlings Catholic, taking on number three, Lafayette Christian. They played during the season, and Lafayette Christian beat them 61-3. to So can Turlings keep this one closer? I would lean towards saying, yeah, because the week after they lost 61-3 to Lafayette Christian, they played St. Thomas Moore and lost just by one, 35-34. So they're capable playing at that high of a level. If their kids are not intimidated by that first result, bro, that's got to be a, an interesting motivational speech. Hey, we played these dudes once and lost by 58. How do you shake that residue and make sure that the kids understand that it's 0-0 again when you start on Friday? Yeah. Look, uh, I, I would – man, Lafayette Christian's just – Well, they got they, the, the yeah, all-time, all-purpose yards guy at quarterback, the Johnson kid who's going to LSU and won't even play on offense. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, so, yeah, they've got athletes galore out there at Lafayette Christian, including one of our own, Cooper Martin in the secondary out there. So we're rooting for you, Coop. Division three select St. Charles is always there. They're taking on University Lab. That's a dome matchup. University Lab and St. Charles, are you kidding me? Um, and then at the bottom, we got Isidore Newman trying to make it to the dome without Arch Manning. Boy, everybody thought the Greenies would take a step back without Arch. They made it farther in the playoffs this year than what they did last. Now, they're about to face Calvary Baptist, who's a monster, and that's going to be a long road trip for the Greenies. It's kind of interesting. You lose your five-star number one player in the country, and you, and you find a way to get better. That's a good coaching job there by the Isidore Newman folks. Yeah, another bracket, one, two, three, four. Last bracket, uh, Division Four select. Everybody tells me that the three seed in this bracket is going to be the team that wins the championship, but first you got Vermilion Catholic and Riverside. Um, Riverside has been good all year. Vermilion Catholic has been the number one seed all year. They survived the scare against Ascension Catholic in the quarters, winning 39-35. to and a lot of the folks who have seen Vermilion Catholic this year say, hey, man, they're vulnerable in some areas. Don't be surprised if Riverside plays them close. But on the bottom, um, people in this bracket would be shocked if a Wachita Christian didn't win the state championship. Even though they're the three seed, they have won their two playoff games 56-7 to and 56 to nothing. And if you go through their schedule, I mean, they have just been a wrecking ball. They have blasted just about everybody they played. Their only loss was an out-of-state loss against a school from Arkansas. Uh, so they're probably, despite the seed, probably are the favorite in that bracket, even though they're playing at Southern Lab on Friday. Yeah, no clue on the, uh, this bracket here. But uh, the five seed beat the four, so it's uh, one, five, two, three. That, the, dude, look, don't you think it's really cool? And look, we, we knock on the LHSA when they make mistakes, and, and God knows they make a bunch of them. But isn't it cool that we fix this rule where now just the team with the better seed hosts no matter what? Like, if you're Rustin and you went through the year number one all year long, why should you have to ever go on the road? Like it, I feel like it makes the regular season more important, and that's always a good thing. I think that it was a great decision to change that rule because you would often have a number one seed that would win in the opening round, then 17 would beat 16, but it's not much of a mismatch. And then you're going on the road in the second game. Now we've corrected it. The better seed is at home, period. If you don't like it, do better in the regular season. And I think that's a great rule. Change. Exactly, because these schools that say, well, if you pull up and up, uh, pull off the upset, you deserve to be at home the following week. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not, not over a team that's it, undefeated. Yeah, win in the regular season and, and get a better seed to try and be at home 
at the uh, the season means thing. It means something, and I, I agree. I mean, if you're number one, you should be at home throughout. And also agree, uh, think where if you're number one, you should be at home uh, in a state championship game. Ooh, you're trying to get rid of the dome, brother? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, speaking of that, and this is tongue-in-cheek and this is a joke, and if anybody in Zachary is listening, please don't get upset. If Zachary beats Dutchtown, are they even going to show up? The game would be in New Orleans, right? They've set a precedent hey, for not playing hey, there. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. But we'll, why not Why not play it at your home stadium? I would be for that. The you know how much more money they would make? The only request or wish that I would have is maybe if they did that, maybe let's spread it out over two weekends and instead of one. Because the, the thing about the Dome is you can watch everybody play. You show up at the Dome, you watch everybody play. But if it's eight different sites, like me or you, we could only choose one game. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That, that spread it out. Yeah, yeah but it, you're right. If we spread it out over several days, yeah, I'm all for that. Thursday, be, Friday, Saturday. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if ever that would happen here, and they would have a state championship game here? Oh my God, they would have to build new. Bowers I was there when they had one the last yeah, time. Yeah, they would have to <laughs> look add on and, to the facility. And I get it. You you know you playing in a Superdome is special and this and that, but. Uh, when you when you gotta schedule games early in the morning or whatever yeah. just to fit it in and kind of takes away from it, but you, uh, schools would make a ton more money having it at their own place. Yep, I agree. Look, in the next couple of days, I'm gonna start to get some of these all district teams. They're slowly starting to get released as different teams get eliminated. We're gonna start to rattle off some of those folks, and then also we'll get some all state teams when those get published. So. We haven't forgotten about your football, but we're just kind of looking more towards basketball because that's where most of our local teams are right now. Let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, we've got Brody Williams, South of Who's Boys Basketball, who will be joining us. It's play-by-play. Talking to the ball coach after this break on KLEB. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. No Wake Outfitters is the best fly shop and paddle sports dealer in Metairie, but we offer so much more. We can prepare you for hunting season with Lamco game feeders and functional, comfortable camo wear from Duck Camp. And we outfit kayaks to get you in those shallow duck ponds and keep you camouflaged. Let our knowledgeable staff help you have your best season. Also offering Duck Camp and Orvis Outdoor Apparel for men and women. Check out the exclusive brands like Rugged Road, Turtle Box, New Canoe, Old Town, and more. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive, 
Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. We promised you Brody Williams, and we're trying to get him. Um, we we got voicemail, but Brody has told me that his his phone doesn't work in the building very well. Sometimes when we try to call, it does go to voicemail. I just shot him a text, and we'll continue to try to get him on. Uh, for a Tarpon team that started off their season kind of rough, uh, falling against Thibodeau at home, um, their freshman team is out at Destrehan today, so a chance if you're uh, in the River area and want to go watch some future of our city Tarpons, the freshman team will be playing out at Destrehan today, so we wish them nothing but the best of luck. And the varsity team will be competing over at the Vanderbilt tournament with everyone else. They've got games with Catholic of New Iberia. They got a game with Thibodeau, and then they got a game with uh, South Terrebonne as they try to get their season off on the right foot. Um, we want to thank our sponsors today on Play by Play for allowing us to be here. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority, located in Highway 3235 and Cutoff. And Dufresne Building Materials experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Uh, so we thank them all so much for the support. And we got a little programming note actually from Truck. Um, uh, we are going to be on the Sports Corner on December the 2nd. We're going to be playing an interview with LSU standout and now professional baseball player Gavin Duga. So we thank Stan. He had a chance to speak with Gavin, uh, recorded about a 10 minute interview. And we'll get some insight about his high school career and his LSU career. So Saturday, we got a little treat. We'll be talking with a, a easy for me to say, a professional athlete um, and, a, and a great young man in Gavin Duga. So looking forward to hearing that interview for sure. Yeah, that's going to be a, a good interview, uh, I'm sure, uh, with Gavin Duga. And uh, again, trying to reach Coach Brody Williams. I know uh, it's uh, might be a bad time and it's lunchtime. Oh, <laughs> So you're saying Brody's choosing chicken sausage gumbo or meat pies over us? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I would. I would certainly. Um, while waiting, Aaron Rodgers was cleared to practice today for the New York Jets 11 weeks after Achilles' surgery. Um, don't know if the Jets have enough gusto to perhaps make the playoffs because it's been a little bit of a rough year. They're 4-7. and seven. But, man, uh, this is one of those moments in, like, the history of medicine where if Rodgers comes back from a torn Achilles in, like, three months, everyone's going to get this crazy surgery that he got, and, and we could potentially be looking at that injury, which was so super bad at one time, as maybe not even being as bad as what most folks expect it to be. So we'll be keeping our eyes on Rodgers as he tries to go through that process and tries to get back. Um we have a Thursday night game tomorrow in the NFL. The best team in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, will be taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, come again? Yeah, the best team in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys, will be playing the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> um, Dak Prescott has played really well as of late for a Cowboys team that it's weird, man. Um, 
home field advantage in the NFL is not usually as profound as it is on the road. The Cowboys are night and day better at home. In their home games this year, they've won 30 to 10, 38 to 3, 43 to 20, 49-17 and 45 to 10. On the road, they're not the same football team. They lost to the Cardinals on the road. They lost to the 49ers, barely beat the Chargers, lost to Philly, struggled for a half against Carolina. It's it's just strange. You don't often see that much of a difference. I mean, yeah, the crowd noise and everything, it makes a difference. But to have a team that blows out everybody at home and then struggles on the road, that's kind of unique. I, I, it's not often you see the splits be that wide in the NFL. You, you have their schedule pulled up? <clears throat> for the rest of the way, yeah. Uh, well, the, no, the – the the that they played. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, beat the Giants forty to nothing. What was the Giants' record? Zero and zero. No. He asked me what their record was. Whenever no, the the Giants are four and eight. <laughs> well, okay. Let's go to the next game. The Jets are well. Uh, the Jets are like four and seven. It was thirty to ten. They beat them there. Arizona, they're horrible, but they beat Dallas twenty eight to sixteen. The Patriots are horrible. Dallas beat them thirty eight to three. That's three. The 49ers are really good, beat the snot out of us, 42 to 10. The Chargers, eh, they should be good, but they're not, 20 to 17. The Rams are like five and six or something like that, beat them 43 to 20. The Eagles have the number one seed in the NFC right now. That was a good game though, 28 to 23. The Giants are terrible, repeat, 49 to 17. Carolina is the worst team in the NFL, 33 to 10. And then the Commanders aren't a whole lot better. They uh, 45 to 10. Sounds like you're trying to tell me we haven't beat anybody. Yeah. Uh, you haven't beat a team with a winning record, correct? Correct. Um, so you're you're doubting that my, my guys are going to win the NFC? Yeah, we're going to. No, beat, I'm not doubting. I'm just, no, they won't. We're going to beat Seattle bad tomorrow. That's a team with a winning record. What are we going to say on Friday? What do we got to do? What who's got to do? What, what does Dallas have to do to earn your belief in them? Do they have to beat Philly two weeks from now? Is they're going to do that? Yeah, and it's still. <laughs> Still won't believe. It. I hope y'all know that. Yeah, I'm not as positive as I'm making it out to be. Uh, <laughs> but they haven't look, and, and, but give them. They are doing what they have to do. They're beating the teams they should. Most of the teams. Well, well because I was about to say, I know a team that wins yeah. that has a schedule of a bunch <laughs> of winnable games that has not been winning, bro. I, I don't get this. I, I was expecting the line for the Lions and the Saints to be like minus seven and a half for Detroit. It's still three and a half. The Lions are going to beat the hell out of the Saints on Sunday. Everybody's out. New Orleans has everybody out. If they were 100% healthy, I don't think they would beat the Lions, much less with half of the roster not playing. Right. You talk about this a lot of times where uh, in the NFL – the betting odds, if it's like a, they give the home team, what, two and a half, three Something points? Like most yeah. of So if you're doing that, you're saying that this should be like a, a one-point, almost a pick em game with the Saints Hell and no. Detroit. That's crazy. Hell no. Yeah. I, and look, uh, I was actually listening to somebody else talk about this on the radio. I'm not going to mention who uh, because it wasn't on this network. But they were saying like they would have rather Detroit win on Thanksgiving because now you got a Detroit team that has extra rest. And that is steaming pissed because they lost at home to Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it won't be pretty. But, by the way, Brody is uh, telling us to call it. Okay, but that, that doesn't matter if a team is ticked off or not. Atlanta wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it had no reason to be ticked off. Saints are just garbage. Uh, garbage. Love to hear it. Hopefully Dennis Allen gets an extension, a lengthy extension in the offseason. 
We're gonna get Brody Williams. He just shot us a text and told him to give him uh, give us or give him a call. Told us to give him a call. So we'll be chatting with him about some of the things going on over in Tarpon Land in oh about thirty or so seconds. Uh, sounds like we got him squared away. So we do have South Lafouche boys basketball coach Coach Brody Williams lined up. We apologize for the delay, uh, but Coach Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing today? Doing good, Casey. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, you guys are about ready to go to the Vanderbilt tournament this weekend off of a game against Thibodeau. We heard some of your thoughts on yesterday's show about the game against Thibodeau, and you weren't all that satisfied with the way your team played, man. You said in the interview, like, hey, man, we, we were not as tough as I thought we were and kind of led them bully us a little bit and, you know, had a hard time scoring. Um, uh, the old expression that B.J. Young always says is, hey, man, it never looks as good as you think on film, never is as bad as you think. You've watched it back. What are some things you got to, you guys got to do better in, the, in going forward? Yeah, when, when you look at the stats, we uh... – you know, the first quarter, and I was showing the team this yesterday, it was 7-7, and they outscored us in the second quarter, 9-7. to And as that third quarter, really, they outscored us 18-5. to And then in the fourth quarter, we outscored them 14-12. to So with that third quarter, we came out flat, and, and they kind of punched us in the mouth a little bit. And you look at more of the stats, we shot from inside, just from both sides of the rim, two, you know, both sides where you shoot layups, we shot – uh, a total of nine to 30. So, you know, we're getting the ball in the right spots. We're just struggling to finish right now, whether it be we're scared of contact. You know, we didn't shoot the ball well from outside. So we, we're having trouble scoring a little bit. And then on the defensive end, you know, we gave all, gave up. We had about 19 turnovers, which led to 19 points. Uh, and, you know, that uh, that's not good for, for us. Cause we're not, we, you know, we're a little too much up and down maybe. Uh, in the game, and and also they out rebounded us on, on both the offensive end and the defensive end. So we gave up way too many points, uh, layups in transition off of turnovers, too many points in the paint. Uh, and I, you know, I pointed out to him if you just cut those numbers in half, you know, cut the turnovers in half. Ideally, you'd like to have zero turnovers, but cut that in half, cut the transition points in half, and you cut the points in paint in half, we win the game. Uh, and um, I think it was kind of an eye opener, showed them the stats a little bit. And, you know, we're going to, at practice, we're going to work more, you know, every day until we get better at it, finishing near the rim, you know, different drills and stuff we'll do, and, and hopefully it'll come. We, you know, we're running offense decent, getting in the right spots. We've just got to be able to finish and score a little bit. So you play Thibodeau again on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you, you've got that game film and you got that experience. What are, and you don't have to give the game plan out on the air, but are there some adjustments you guys are looking forward to making before that second go-around? Yeah, sir. Yeah, we're gonna make some adjustments, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can get you know some redemption back and pick that one up, and maybe get some confidence in seeing that you know if we execute like we're supposed to, we you know we can play with those guys and beat them. Said after the game on Monday when you're talking with Coach Kylie, said, "Man, like we're just not in good enough shape," and you thought that that was a factor in the second half. You get yeah, at times you're playing five football players, so. They're going to be in football shape and they'll be able to go, but basketball shape is a much more difficult thing. It's stop and go, and you got to have much, you know, more cardio. How long is that process going to take, and how do you try to get them into shape at practice without also trying to burn them out? Yeah, so it might take a couple of weeks to get back in shape, but we, you know, every day at practice we condition at the end of practice, and uh, we try to get a lot of conditioning in practice. You know, if you just go half speed and then you just run at the end of practice half speed and you, you're going to get half speed results so in practice we, we're hammering them to just play hard 
And, you know, you should be drenched in sweat. You should be huffing and puffing. It should be harder in the game. And at the end, when you're really, really tired, you know, we do some different things conditioning-wise where we time them so it's not like you can just fake it. And, uh, you know, you got to get down and back in 12 seconds. We call that evens. And if, you, if we go odds, you got to go one sprint in six seconds. It's always about six-second intervals. So if you cheat the drill, then you're not going to make the time. And, um, you know, we, we're just trying to get – a lot of running and in the practice when we're already tired. And then when we end practice, the practice at a tempo that when you get to that game, it's not uh, like flipping a switch. You know, you, you've already been going that tempo all the time in practice. The game should be a little easier. So hopefully we start to see uh, a, a change because in the second half, they, they just kind of ran us out the gym a little bit. You know, on offense, when we got a rebound on defense, we want to push it on offensive end of the floor in transition, not necessarily to score, but just to get it beyond their defense and pressure them a little bit. Maybe we got a cheap layup here or there. we got a big man to run the rim. Um, and I thought in the second half we, we weren't getting out in our lanes and running transition well. Uh, we were kind of just walking down the floor, jogging on the floor. And then when we converged from, defense, from offense to defense, they were getting ahead of us and we weren't sprinting back to stop the ball. And uh, they got some, some cheap layups, something that we try to do. Uh, but they just out-executed us in it. Coach, uh, if you look at the stats, I mean, pretty much most of the stats were pretty equal, except, uh, I mean, the turnovers were 19 to 18, and uh, I think fouls were 11 and 11. The uh, transition points, and um, I think they made three more three-pointers than, than you guys uh, Besides that, it was a pretty much uh, even game. What are some things that uh, you learned about your team uh, being at your first game of the season? I, you know, I think that we, we're going to make some some mistakes because we're, we're young and it's a little bit new to some of us. Um, something that I was a little bit disappointed in is when they kind of punched us in the mouth, some of us, some of the players kind of backed off and they, they didn't attack it and they didn't, they didn't fire them up. They kind of laid down in a way. And that, that was a big point of emphasis that no matter if you're winning by 10, losing by 10, whatever the score may be, we got to play and do what we know how to do uh, 100% at all, at all times, you know. And I think shooting the ball-wise, we, we definitely not as good of a shooting team as I anticipated um, on offensive end of the floor. But we can't score as well as I thought we might have been able to. And then on the defensive end of the floor, it, it, you know, we show some good things, but we need to be more consistent and, and take a little more charges. We took two in the game, but more charges and – and we need to rebound better. Be, just be more physical, more tough. Um, I think kind of got out physical a little bit at times, and um, we backed down a little bit, which they understand. They they give you know gave me the, the nod of affirmation, saying, "Yeah, we understand, coach." And, and we got to work yesterday. It was a good practice yesterday, and you know, hopefully, we can just grow and um, you know make a little run at this tournament and get our confidence back. Talk about that, dude. Because I mean, you know this. Um... Back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, non-district play was just to sharpen your skills to get ready for district. But now that we do this PowerPoint stuff, every one of these games is big, man. You don't want to fall to 1-3 or 0-4. Oh you don't want to have to be digging yourself out of a hole. So it sounds weird to say because it's only your first week of the season, but you got three really big games coming up this weekend at Vanderbilt. Yeah, you know that. I haven't, I haven't really played uh, – we haven't really played Catholic in New Iberia even since I've been coaching. I don't remember ever playing them, so I don't know a whole lot about them. You know, watch a little bit of film on them. Um, I know that 
you know, they made a deep run in the playoffs, and they might not have had in the film. They're, they're football guys, but you know that that's a big game that I think we can compete and 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 win the game. It's just we're going to have to execute, and you know they can kind of shoot it a little bit. They got a big guy inside, but he's young too. You know, just like us. It's not like they're all seniors and loaded. You know, they, they kind of similar to us, and um, I think we can uh, compete with them. I just I don't know who's not on film, and then Thibodeau. We, I think we were in the game the whole game until the third quarter, and even in the fourth quarter, we we I mean we won the fourth quarter. We were just out of our comfort zone. It was too much of a, a hole to dig out of. And then South Terrebonne, I saw a little bit of them, hearing a little bit about them. They might not have a a, a win yet, but they played some tough opponents, uh, Archbishop Rumble, and they they you know they got they scrappy. They're gonna play hard, and they got a, a really good talented kid that I remember him when he was a freshman. His number was always zero. He's about six six, six seven. He's athletic. He's a shot oh, yeah. blocker. So, um, I think it could go one of two ways. We can we can win and, and get our confidence back and execute, or we can go and kind of drop the ball and, and lose some games, and then we got to dig ourselves out of the hole. Hopefully, it's the uh, it's the first option that we uh, we out execute people and we play our style of ball and we um, you know come out with a couple of victories. There we go, brother. Hey, man, we thank you so much for the time. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you this weekend, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep, that is Coach Brody Williams saying all the right stuff. Uh, you know, took one on the chin in the opener. Um, I don't think you're going to spend all season missing a bunch of layups and doing some – like just kind of had some rust there. Um, but it is a big weekend coming up because, I mean, you know this. You're, you're facing – let's be honest. We're, no one's expecting Thibodeau to be a 25-win team. <laughs> Um, and no one's expecting South Terrebonne to be a 25-win team. So those are games that you want to win um, because if you lose them, boy, later on in the year, it could, it could really hurt you. Yeah, and look, I, I said this right after the game. It would not surprise me at all if the Torpens go in and, and get a victory over Thibodeau this weekend at the tournament. Uh, I just it, The stats, if you look at the stats, they were pretty close. If They can change a few things. Don't give up these transition baskets. Uh, maybe slow the tempo down a little and possibly play a little bit zone and hopefully hopefully that one guy, you can stop him from shooting and force these other guys to shoot from the outside, and I think you can uh, come away with a victory. Yeah, no doubt. So they'll be playing this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday over at Vanderbilt, and we'll, we'll break down those matchups again tomorrow. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Taylor Griffin. The Turtle will be chatting with us about all sorts of things happening in the world of sports. And if time allows, I got my mailbag. I think we'll be able to squeeze both in, but we'll be right back after this on KLEB. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Dufresne difference. Your business is as unique as Southeast Louisiana. People, culture, family. We know what it means to be local. 
Rev is the only communications provider with support teams that live and work in the same Louisiana communities that we serve. Customer-first localism is truly in our DNA. Our promise is to bring your business the reliability and local support you deserve. We've been connecting communities in Louisiana for 85 years, and we're ready to serve you and your business. Rev Business. Welcome back to Play by Play here. Casey just covered with Coach Brian Colley. We go to the phone lines for the final time today. It's Wednesday. That means it's time to chat with Taylor Griffin, our broadcast partner here for our high school basketball coverage on Coastal Broadcasting. T, good afternoon, bro. What's going on, man? Hey. How y'all doing today? Good, good. Having a good one, man. Um, let's start with the game that you and I were both at last night. Um, the Nichols Colonels go and defend their home floor against Dillard. A lot of folks don't realize that with a 5-3 and three start, the Colonels have already matched last season's win total, and we're not even in December yet. Look, let's be honest, they didn't play all that well at times last night against Dillard, but they're finding ways, taking on Alcorn tomorrow, a chance to surpass last year's win total. Man, can't say enough good things about Coach Justin Payne and the work that he's done with that program in a short period of time. Yeah, man, definitely. I agree 100%, man. Coach Justin Payne really has things moving in the right direction, really got it going on. Um, you know, last year, last year was, uh, painful to watch at times. They, uh, man, they struggled. They just couldn't seem to get it together. They compete to an extent and then just couldn't finish. And, uh, coach Justin Payne has arrived and just breathed new life into this women's basketball program. And yeah, even you and I last night, we saw they were sloppy at times, but they still found a way to win by oh, 32 points. You know, and it's we could we could say this all day. Everyone everyone we know in the sports world is guilty of it. Man, if they if they'd have played, you know, the way they played against Tulane, whenever they beat them, if they'd have played like that last night, yeah, they would have won by sixty five points. But you know, it's things happen. I mean, you never know what's going on in these young ladies' heads. I mean, it's a it was a it was a quiet atmosphere. There wasn't a whole lot of fans there, but. They, uh, they they made their own noise. They did what they had to do, and things were really scrappy, really sloppy at times. Um, even the officiating and the, look bad both ways. I'm sure both coaches were not pleased with the way it was it was called last night. Um, but uh, they found a way. And what we saw last night, you know, the good things. If that's any indication, man, look look out when conference starts. You know, because the good things we saw, these uh. These ladies really got it going on. They, uh, they got to make some noise this year. Bro, we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, last week, but we have some really high-end basketball programs. Like Vanderbilt's going to be really strong for boys and girls. I think their girls are one of the favorites to win the championship. The Thibodeau girls are undefeated and are rolling. Um, I think there are a lot of teams that are improved. In your estimation, and we're just kind of talking about Vanderbilt a little bit because they're kind of the favorites, what separates that team that – is a second or third round team from that team that goes to the top 20. What are some of those intangibles you have to have to make it all the way to that deep run? Well, uh, speaking from zero personal experience in that department <laughs> whatsoever, <laughs> never making it that far. Um, no, it's, um, it's a lot, man. You, you need the size. You need the athleticism. You need, if you, if you lack 
those two main things, you need to be the strongest and the very best in other things. You need to be the strongest and the very best in ex- in execution and toughness and taking care of the ball, really valuing every possession, no wasted movements, no wasted steps. You know, I, I could go on and on about what will make a team great. It's It's, you know, and it starts from the top. You know, the, the coach, the leadership needs to get everybody to buy in and get everyone to stay consistent and get, get everyone willing to want to do the little things. And, you know, the little things that we talk about all day in practice, you know what's even bigger than that? It's what you're willing to do when nobody's even watching you. You know, what are you doing when, you, when it's not scheduled practice time? You know, what are you doing? How much film are you watching when it's not mandatory? How many, how many uh, you know, just little post-move drills you're working on in your driveway with the lights on outside, you know, every little thing like that matters to just get you better as an individual. And then when you bring it to your team, you, you know, if the only time you working on your game is with your team at scheduled practice time, that's already you, you out of the discussion. You're not making it past the second round. Uh, you may not get to the playoffs, but separating those teams to the top 28 teams, that sometimes it's a little bit of luck. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you got to catch that good break. Sometimes, and uh, and I know there's a guy sitting next to you who who has said this before. You know, when you hustle and you do everything right and you bust your butt and and you you go above and beyond everything that's asked of you. Sometimes you create your own luck. And you know, ever since he said that, I do firmly believe in that, man. You know, that sometimes that's the difference in that buzzer beater that had no business going in. You know, some sometimes sometimes it happens that way. And uh, you know, it's it's it takes a little bit of extra, it takes a little bit of special, and it, it takes a little bit of magic. You know, the, those teams, those teams that consistently get to the top twenty-eight. I mean, is there even such a thing anymore? The teams that are just always in the top twenty-eight—it's it, just there, there, there's no dynasties anymore, man. It's just whoever whoever's riding the wave the best that year. It, it just it takes it takes more than just doing everything right. My man, shifting gears, talking some NFL. The Saints are terrible. They're they're five and six, but they played such an easy schedule. They're, they're, they should be eight and three or nine and two at minimum. They go to Atlanta, and it's 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 painful to watch, bro. They're in the red zone all game long. They are the heavyweight champions of the world at moving the ball from the thirty yard line to the other thirty yard line. It's what happens when they get there. That's the problem. Kicking nothing but field goals, turning it over, and. The players are questioning play calling. Like no one believes in Dennis Allen anymore. Like this is going to be his last month as the Saints head coach, right? <laughs> I think so, man. I think I think he's done. It's uh, it's pitiful. I'm not at practice every day. I'm not in that locker room. But the three hours and thirty minutes I dedicate to that team every Sunday. The body language, what you see on the sidelines, what you see players just reacting to the way when things don't go their way, man, something, something internal, internally is terribly wrong. To the point where we could accuse some of these injuries. I mean, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I think some of these injuries are fake because they're just done with it, man. They're done with this guy. They're done. It's it's time for a change. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. <laughs> Right here, right now. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 bad, man. It's bad. I mean, it's 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 to the point where 
you know, as soon as Monday night football's over, no matter who's playing, you know, you get to work Tuesday morning, you have your talk about fantasy, you have your talk over your coffee about how everybody did and, and man, who the Saints got this Sunday. Bro, no one is talking. Nobody cares who the Saints got this Sunday. People, the fans are out. The players evidently are starting to be out of it, too. It's, uh, man, it's time to clean house as far as that, uh, that coaching staff goes. I, I, I'm fed up like, like everyone else is. I hope the players are just as embarrassed as we are upset about it. Let's talk some wrestling. As you mentioned, Owen Hart, you and I are probably the only two that even got that joke there, which was very well played on your part. Um, man, we had Survivor Series over the weekend. Uh, the women's war game match was won by Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch over, over damage control in a 33-minute match. We had Gunther defeat The Miz by submission. Rhea Ripley defends her title over Zoe Stark. Santos Escobar defeats Dragon Lee via pinfall. And then... In the men's war game match, you have Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton defeat the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Um, two pretty good war games matches, but um, the show got upended at the very end as they're about ready to head off the air. The music hits. Uh, cult of personality plays. The Chicago crowd goes crazy. For the first time in 10 years, CM Punk is back in the WWE. Cut a promo also on Raw the following day. Uh... It's a risky move, right? Because he left the AEW locker room in shambles based on some of the things that he was doing. But it's also his last chance. He knows if he screws it up here, there's no other company for him to go to. So I could see where the risk or the reward would be worth the risk. What are your thoughts as you see CM Punk come back to WWE for the first time in a decade? Man, it was uh, it was awesome. It was, you know, all these different articles you read, all these different reports you've read as far as, um, you know, supposedly no one knew about it. Supposedly it was a secret. Supposedly uh, Triple H took control of the producing of the show those last three minutes. And uh, I'm sure you, like everyone else, we were we were tricked with the as soon as, you know, when you see the copyright logo in the bottom corner of the screen, <laughs> the show's over. So there was just a let down. It's like, oh, okay. Well, at least at least we had Randy Orton. At least it was a, an exciting main event. And, uh, and then the music hits. My God, man, blew up. It, it, it was it was incredible, man. I, I I live, you know, as for someone who used to watch this religiously, never miss a week, you know, all throughout the '90s and early 2000s. And this was a family event. You know, from someone who went from there to just kind of casually, I look, I'm just, I'm here for the pay-per-views. I watch every month to see what's going on, but I'm not, I'm not watching the weekly stuff on cable. It's just, it's, it's not that good anymore. Man, this really shook up and woke up the casual fan. This right here makes you want to tune back in. The way they played it to see CM Punk back 10 years later, the dude is money. The dude is amazing in the ring. He's an amazing performer. He's an amazing athlete. He's great on the mic. He uh, he's he's a good storyteller, both you know verbal verbally and physically. So uh, you know the, the entertainment factor he brings to it, man. It's uh, it's like no other. It's um, I'm really excited for it, and uh, I can't wait to see what happens. And I think you're right. You know, as it was discussed and published and talked about in the press conference, uh, this is his last chance. So. 
this is uh, this is probably the best version of him that we're going to get to see because he knows this is it. And as Triple H said in that press conference, you know, uh, if you're the same person you were 10 years ago, then you're doing something wrong. You know, people grow, people change. So I think he's going to do it even better this time and not screw up the locker room and not be an egotistical maniac. And, uh, you know, I think he's here for us. I think he's here for the fans, both diehard and casual. I think he's uh, going to continue to – take the company to the next level i'm i'm excited about it yeah for sure man look before we let you go Jaden daniels is one of two betting favorites for the heisman trophy bo Nix has a little bit of an edge on him in, in current betting odds probably in part because bo Nix has a game this weekend and lsu does not dude i mean i watched bo Nix play at auburn for what felt like 15 years like the dude is 40 still playing college football somehow but we know he yeah. can't play at the level of Daniels at the SEC level. Like, I don't understand the infatuation. To me, Jaden Daniels hasn't beaten every stat with a more difficult schedule. The only thing they're saying is, all oh, Oregon won more games. Well, you put Jaden Daniels on Oregon's team, they would be undefeated. They wouldn't have a single loss. I don't know why this is so close. Maybe I'm an LSU homer. What say you? Because it feels like, to me, it's pretty clear who the best player is. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm 100% with you. Um, I don't understand how it's even still a discussion. The only thing I could suspect is whoever's producing the show, whoever's pulling the strings behind the scenes is telling the people, man, keep the discussion active so that we're going to have viewers so that they don't know who's going to win. That's the only good reason I could see to continue to keep Bo Nix in this he might possibly win discussion. Other than that, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I guess, you know, after all those years of dominance, maybe the people on the West Coast are kind of fed up with the SEC bias, and I guess their argument this year is, well, you know, Alabama's not Alabama anymore, and LSU didn't have to play the only really dominant team in in the SEC. They didn't have to play Georgia. You know, maybe that's where that – it's coming from, but it's still like not even a good enough argument to dispute the gap between competitions here. It's uh, I don't know. I'm it's I'm kind of fed up with the fact that it's still it's still a discussion nationally. But you know, hopefully it's just to get ratings and to get people to tune in. That that's the only good reason I could see behind it. Yeah, no doubt, bro. Look, man, we, we thank you so much for the time, as always. I'm sure I'll see you around. And, and if I don't see you before next Wednesday, can't wait to do this again next week, bro. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you all for having me. It's fun, as always. Uh, go Tarps, and God bless America. Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job. Uh, we love talking some wrestling with him. Love talking some different things with him. He's another one of those Saints fans. He's done. Um, just don't want to watch it anymore. And telling you, I think Sunday's going to get worse before it gets better because Detroit's coming in hot, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, not looking forward to Sunday if you're a Saints fan. Maybe you are. could be the beginner of the end. I'm very much so looking forward to Sunday. <laughs> well, that leads me – let me – we got time here. Let me ask you a question dealing with the Saints. Yeah, what's up? You come on radio and – okay, you're not a Saints fan. No. We, but why you get so angry when you're talking to Saints? Because I don't like when people waste opportunities. Like I, I, I really think this is a team that should be eight and three, nine and two, 
um, and they're not, and it's frustrating. Like, it frustrates me watching, even though I'm rooting against them half the damn time. It's frustrating to see a group that should be winning that's not because, you know. But if they're 8-3, and three, you'd still be a hater. You'd still, you still wouldn't like them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would be saying that they're they're good. Uh, yeah, I'm, but yeah, I wouldn't be rooting them on. But the Lions are going to kick their ass on Sunday. Like, I don't understand why this is a three point line. I it frustrates me because there are some really good coaches out there, and you chose Dennis Allen. Like, do better, man. Do well. Like, you know why Dennis Allen was? They, they wanted to keep Sean Payton alive. With keeping everything trying the same, and let's just well, then they should have told Sean, "Hey, what do we got to do to make you happy to stay?" Like he probably would have said, "Get rid of Mickey Loomis." And there you go, and Mickey, bye bye. But they yeah. weren't willing to do that, and, and that's that's frustrating. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the team, but that's still frustrating, man. Like it's a circus. It, no one wants to see. And that. I, I wish circus. we'd find out the one day the real reason why he left. Oh, I'm so burnt out. I'm retired. I. And then three months later, oh, I'm coaching next year, bro. Sorry. Yeah, I, he was I, I, burnt I out from being in New Orleans. That was the only thing that was burning him out. And I think he was burnt out from getting raw deals from the officials. And I, I look, I, I really believe that. I, I really think they had it out for him. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, we got Thursday night tomorrow. Cowboys taking on the Seahawks. The Saints, Go of course, are playing the Lions. <laughs> uh, Seattle is coming in not playing so good, but they do have a lot to play for. They're still in playoff contention, so I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Dallas a strong game. Yeah, I don't see that. Cowboys are nine-point favorite in that one. Wow, that's crazy. How they can be a nine-point favorite the Saints only underdog by four. Yeah. So that's crazy. That is crazy, but look. I've learned to stop questioning them because the LSU they line know. Saturday was dead on. Um, so we'll talk about some of those things. Let's get to our mailbag. The next segment of the show, we'll get some questions answered, um, and we will talk uh, about some other things happening in the world of sports. we got one more segment to go. I'll do the mailbag. Then we'll do kind of some of, of a variety segment to wrap up. It's play-by-play. Play. We'll be right back after this. Hey, are you planning to get an updated COVID-19 vaccine? Yep, I don't want to get seriously sick and miss out on spending time with friends and family during the holidays. Does it cost a lot? I don't have insurance. If you don't have health insurance, or if your insurance doesn't cover an updated COVID-19 vaccine, you can get one for free with the Bridge Access program. Just look for places that participate in Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. Sounds good. Bridge Access on vaccines.gov. A message from CDC. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. During this festive season, we extend our warmest wishes to you and your loved ones. May your holidays be filled with joy, and may the upcoming year bring you even more reasons to smile. From all of us at South LaFouche Bank, have a wonderful holiday. I know that we're here to wish you nothing but the best. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lock 
Westport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Fago Funeral Homes wants to say that the end of the year brings no greater joy than the opportunity to express season's greetings to you and yours. May your holiday be filled with joy and happiness. Fago Funeral Home, caring you can count on. Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top-of-the-line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, you are beautiful on the inside. You are innocence personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run Run away. That's something that you feel like doing sometimes, sitting here on Mondays through Fridays. Yes, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. When. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the Clippers at all this show, so that's good. That will uh, probably keep you no, here. You even said their name just now. <laughs> we got our mailbag. Uh, Ten questions to answer. This should take us all the way through the show. If you've got a question for me, justclarecasey at gmail Casey underscore justclair on Twitter. You got my cell number, shoot me a text. Um, if you need a cell phone, let me know. I'll give it on air. <laughs> Trug did the other yeah, day. I heard. I heard. <laughs> so it wouldn't be that unprecedented. Um, <laughs> our first question comes from a listener who wants to know, Casey, would Jaden Daniels win the Heisman Trophy? Um, I, I lean to say no because he's not the betting favorite right now. Bo Nix has minus 140 odds. Daniels has plus 150 odds. Um, the only way I would think he would get it is if Washington beats Oregon this weekend and kind of shuts down Bo Nix and makes him look bad. Then I think Daniels would become the favorite, but I think the extra game is going to be what pushes Bo Nix over the top. It's disgusting to me because I, I've seen Bo Nix play in the same conference as Daniels before, and it didn't look anything like this. Um, but I do think Bo Nix is probably the odds-on favor right now, especially given that he's got a game Saturday and Jaden does not. If he performs well. If he performs well. If he, if he lays an egg, I think Daniels will win it. So, go Washington. This one is a very interesting question. Casey, why do fewer people cover local sports? You guys seem to be the last of a dying breed. Brian, do you want me to give the honest, honest answer? Yes, I was getting ready to say, be honest. Okay. Um. The answer that other people like to tell you is that our daily newspaper got bought out by a big corporate company and they're slashing and burning and they're cutting and, and whatever it may be. The reality is, is that they're doing that because even when they were quote-unquote trying, they weren't doing a very good job and they were losing their subscription base left and right because of their paywall. 
sports in this area are being undercovered because for years when they were being covered, they were still being undercovered because certain reporters would cling to certain teams and certain players and only cover them and wouldn't cover the other schools in the area. So everybody was left out. So whenever that merger happened, they looked at the books and said, well, our sports are not generating revenue for us, so we're going to just slash and burn. And that's the reason why is because a poor job was being done in the past so now there was no reason to continue anything going forward because to say that you can't make money covering local sports is an outright lie, and I am proof of that based on some of the things that I'm doing. This radio station is proof of that based on some of the things that we're doing. So, yes, it's because it's been happening for 20-plus years, and no one wants to talk about that. It's been undercovered for decades here in this area. Yeah, and look, I'm going to toot our own horn over here with, with just with the radio station. Absolutely. Uh, the job that truck has been providing this community for years absolutely years and years and i think it's gets uh better and better as more and more coverage this year we went into a uh, middle school and i yeah but that, that's a great question that uh that listener had right there because why is it that not more people are covering our athletes don't know don't know. It's, it's a damn shame, though, but I guess we don't know the full answer. Um, next question, will LSU get Corey Raymond? Um, boy, there's a lot of people that want him to get Corey Raymond. Um, Matt Moscona yesterday did a whole segment on how you got to bring him home and come recruit. And Here's the thing about Corey Raymond. Um, I've always thought, and I've said this even when he was at LSU, I've always thought he was overrated as an actual secondary coach, right? Because LSU's had some years where they had very talented defensive backs, and teams were still throwing the ball all over him. But as a recruiter, there's no question of the value there. He's he's the guy who helped bring in Derek Stingley and you know, Cordell Flott and some of these first-round draft pick guys. So if there's a little less emphasis on the X's and O's there, but a little more emphasis on the recruiting, I could see LSU maybe trying to um, to bring him back. But then I would also want to know the stories why he's not with Florida anymore. <laughs> Florida's five and seven. If the guy was doing a great job there, they probably wouldn't have let him go. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. The more time that passes, I'm not 100% sold that LSU is going to get rid of Matt House, but I do think they're going to have some defensive staff changes and maybe some defensive scheme changes. It will be very interesting to see. I think that they're going to reach out. Don't know if he's interested. Um but that one is is interesting to me. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. I think that a reunion is pretty possible there. Yeah, and you said it. Uh, changes will be made. That's what winning programs do. When things are not working out for you in a certain area, you make changes. Listener wants to know, what will LSU get in the transfer portal this year? Um, got to get some defensive backs, but not as many as last year. Maybe one or two. You got a bunch of freshmen. They'll grow up. They'll get older. Uh, I think you got to get some some beef up front on your defensive line. I think that that's an area where they'll try to plug and place a few. Offensively, if they're sold on Nussmeyer, then you're probably not doing a whole lot there. If you're not sold on Nussmeyer, there is a crap ton of quarterbacks in the portal. Jefferson from Arkansas went into the portal today. There's a bunch of really quality guys. You can maybe go shopping there. But last year, they signed 10, 12, 15 guys in the portal. It's not going to be anything like that this year. Their number one goal is to keep what they have use their high school signing class, and maybe just get three, four guys as opposed to the mother load. I don't think they're going to hit the portal as hard this coming year. What do you think of Arkansas? Being You just mentioned their name of uh, hiring a new offensive coordinator. I think that guy should be their head coach. He's more qualified than the jackass that they're bringing back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> it, it's shocking that he's coming back, Pittman. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, can the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl? I just talked about that. Can they? Yeah, I guess they could. If they play well, will they? Probably not. Um the Cowboys are really good against bad teams and are not very good against good teams. Now, I'll say this. The last game against a good team that they played, I thought they outplayed Philadelphia. Had some bad breaks along the way. In that game, Prescott had 374 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. You outgained them. You just struggled in the red zone and had some quirky things happen. So can they? Yeah. Will they? I'm not I'm not picking that. They're, I don't it's going to be Kansas City. San Francisco, like those would be my, my two favorites. I'm not all the way bought in on the Eagles, even though they're 10-1. and one. Something still feels a little off. they kind of been getting lucky a little bit lately. Um, but I tell you what, Philly and San Francisco on Sunday on Fox, that's must-see TV. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be a great game. Yeah, how long let, – let's say if the Cowboys do win a Super Bowl. Oh, you're not going to like being here how for long a long time. Will we, how long will we have to how hear – How about them Cowboys? My- yeah, you're, you're not going to like <laughs> being here. <laughs> If that happens, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a brutal couple of weeks here. Um, this is a no smoking building, but I'm gonna be smoking cigars <laughs> in the studio every day. <laughs> Just letting y'all know. Uh, next question comes from a listener who wants to know: Do you think Aaron Rodgers is gonna play this year? I, I do. Um, I think he's gonna give it a go. I think he's gonna try. He, he's practiced today. Um, they still say he's a couple weeks away from playing. If the Jets could just find a way to hang around and and losing the last two weeks has hurt them as they were they were sitting at 500 they were four and four actually they were four and three at one time but they've lost four in a row they're now four and seven I don't know if they bring them back if they're out of playoff contention but if they could sneak one past Atlanta on Sunday and you know maybe get an upset over Houston and kind of work their way back in it I do think we're going to see him come back and I'll go so far as to say that if Rodgers would have been there this year watching the way the Jets play defense if Rodgers would have been there this year, they would be one of the best teams in the NFL. It's devastating what happened to him on opening day because the way that they defend, if they just had any offense at all, they would be remarkably good. Then I guess for the last couple of years with the Jets. Yeah. And look, yeah, I, I agree, though. If they're out the playoff picture, why even play them? Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense at that point. Um, listener wants to know, Casey, what are your thoughts of what Will Wade is doing at McNeese? Cool. I don't know if everybody's following this, but I certainly am. Um, Will Wade has built a team that is a wrecking ball in one offseason. Yesterday, McNeese went on the road and beat a very good UAB team 81-60. to They're 6-2 and two on the year. They have been putting it on people. McNeese is better than LSU right now. Um, an LSU team, by the way, that got slaughtered by a Syracuse team last night that's not very good. I I know you asked me about Will Wade, and I think it's very impressive, but just to kind of shift topics a little bit, I'm starting to get a little impatient with Matt McMahon. I get it. You inherited a mess. But in college basketball today, with the portal and everything, you should be able to fix it pretty quickly. LSU's still really bad. And I don't know that that seat's hot yet, but if this time next year it still looks like this, it's going to be at that point, especially given – that the guy that you got rid of has turned his McNeese team into a winner in one offseason. Because yeah. McNeese is really good. They're 6-2, and two and they got a huge win last night at UAB. And the thing is, the way LSU finished last year's basketball season, how much you saw some improvement as the season went on. So your expectations were a little bit high to start the season, and they're not living up 
to those expectations right now. So, uh, yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't think right now, but look, Scott Wilber is not afraid to get right. rid of somebody and make a big splash. Oh, you're, you're right about that. Uh, three more to go. Where do you think Shohei Otani is going to end up in MLB free agency? Otani has been doing some very weird stuff with his free agency. He has been meeting with teams behind closed doors, very, very private, and he's been telling the teams, like, hey, if you guys leak out that I met with y'all, like, I'm not signing here. <laughs> uh, so he's been kind of seeing who he could trust, who he can't trust. I, I, I could see this going one of two ways. Otani blew out the pitching arm, so he's not going to be able to pitch next year, but it hasn't affected his hitting. He had 44 home runs last year. I could see him maybe signing a short-term two- or three-year deal, proving that the arm is healthy, becoming a free agent again, and then signing the huge deal. Or I could see him signing a long-term deal for maybe a little less money than he initially thought as teams are kind of scared off. But in terms of who, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be in it. The Cubs are going to be in it. The, the teams that spend money, the Yankees, like those are going to be the teams that are going to try to get his services. Usually I say that those deals are not worth it because rarely do they pay out. But because the guy's not from America and you're going to get so much business out in Asia and Japan and China and you know all that faraway land, you're going to get so much revenue from around the world by having him. I would be willing to spend the mother load to get him because I think you're going to make most of it back. But I think it'll be the, the big money teams, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Cubs, all that stuff there. Um, two more. Casey, will Dennis Allen be retained as the New Orleans Saints head football coach? I sure hope so. Sign him to a four- or five-year extension. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what's crazy is I think the fans are done, right? And, you know, all, I'm going to answer this all seriousness. I think the fans are done. But I don't know that the front office is. Because if you talk to the people who cover the team, Catherine Terrell and Jeff Duncan and you know, Triplett, and they all say that he's really not out of favor with the front office yet. So unless if this season goes really, really south, if they finish 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, something like that, I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be given the opportunity to say, all right, bro, you got to get a new coordinator. You got to fix your offense. And then next year will be the year you're on the hot seat. But I think he's going to be back. It's appalling to me. It's disturbing to me. But I don't think the guy who hired him, which is Mickey Loomis, I don't think he's going to want to admit after two years that he made a mistake to try to cover his own ass. I think he's going to be back. I I can't see how he's back. Well, I, I do. Yeah, uh, a week. Yeah, the front office. Who's gonna Who's gonna make that call? Uh, I think he's gonna. I think before they get rid of him, they're gonna give him the chance to try to hire a coordinator. And, and don't know that the offense is gonna even get any better because look, we talked about this yesterday. One of the biggest flaws right now in Dennis Allen is we were talking about this. I don't know if it was on or off the air. All right, let's say you get rid of him right now. Who on that staff could become a head coach for the rest of the year? Like right now, tomorrow, if Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys gets COVID and is sick or something like that, Dan Quinn's going to be your next head coach, and you would feel comfortable with that because Dan Quinn has been a head coach before and has led a team to the Super Bowl. You don't have that prominent lead assistant. You want Carmichael head coaching your team? I, Doug Marone has been a head coach before. He's the offensive line coach. 
The offensive line is terrible. Like, I don't think there is that built-in interim coach on the staff, which is part of the damn problem. Your guy not only is a poor head coach, he's poor at hiring a staff. He's poor at every level, which I think is a big factor in, in part of New Orleans' struggles because you got to have a great staff, and the Saints don't even have that. No, and a lot of – well, I'll say a lot. There's a few assistants that left and are now coaching in Denver with Sean Payton. So why did they leave New Orleans? I think they knew something. They knew who the real boss was, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the last one, and this is a very interesting question, which remaining LHSAA football team is most likely to win a state championship? I'm not giving you anybody in Division One non-select. I think that's wide open. I would favor Zachary slightly over everybody else, but I'm not all the way decided. North DeSoto is a favorite, but I think Cecilia could beat him. Hell, I think Opelousas could beat him. Um, the one that I'm going to go with is kind of cheap. It's Division Four. Everybody's been telling me that oh, Wachita Christian is the best team in the state in that bracket by a lot. So I'll go there. But if you guys are looking for an answer from a quote-unquote bigger school, I'm going to go St. Thomas Moore in uh, Division Two Select. They have been rolling. They're the number one seed. They beat Lafayette Christian during the year. Um, they're undefeated. I would go St. Thomas Moore. Yeah, I think so. So we thank everybody for listening. If you've got any questions for us in the future, find a way to get it to us. Uh, tomorrow's show, we will be talking some boys and girls basketball again. Uh, we're going to be talking some Thursday night football. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things, some college basketball. We'll get all of it covered. Might even take a look at the soccer scoreboard tomorrow to kind of give those uh, young men and some women some love as well. Thanks to Coach Kale, as always, for the time. Thanks to you all for the time. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Love you guys. God bless.